Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Thank you, thank you. Well, I want to welcome all those joining us on all the many social media platforms that we have. It's Vision Sunday for us. In, G- in Genesis, we read about God's beginnings with mankind. And God told man and woman to look at everything here. It's all, all for you, all for you to eat. Just don't eat of this one tree. And from the very beginning, we see God allowing some things and not allowing other things. God never, ever, God never said, do whatever you want. God never said, do what feels good to you. God never said, do what seems right to you. God never said, you do what all of your friends are okay with you doing. God never said, each of you decide a right and a wrong for yourself. God, from the very beginning, you can do this and don't do that. Caveman didn't come up with some archaic do's and don'ts that now we need to improve on. This was God. This was God, the creator of you, the creator of me, the creator of the universe. Here's the way life works for you. God said many do nots. And you need to write this down. Each do not is for your own good. It's, it's for your own good. It won't work. It won't make you happy. And it will end up wrecking your whole life. And that's what's going to happen. A mother reaches down and grabs a child and jerks him back from running across the street. And we don't respond with, mother doesn't want me having any fun. Mother doesn't want me enjoying what's out there for me to enjoy. The mother is keeping life from me. See, don'ts are for our good. We read Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve did a don't. And we read about the consequences. God said, don't do that. And it was for your good not to do that. Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel, the first two sons. Genesis chapter 7, God said, you'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. God never told the two sons, do whatever you think is right for you. God never told the two sons to get on Facebook and find out what all of your friends are think is okay. From the very beginning, there has been a right and a wrong, and right and wrong are never situational. They're always absolute. The situation does not dictate right and wrong. God does. God does. It's not me putting my beliefs on you. It's not me being archaic. God decides right and wrong. As we read history, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14, we see the benefits of obedience. And then in verse 15 through 45, we see the results of disobedience. It's very clear from the beginning all the way through God's word, there is a God kind of life. John chapter 20, verse 31, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life 
in his name. Now that word life there is not that you may have some air and kind of keep you walking around. That word life is zoe, which means the God kind of life. Jesus came that you and I might have the God kind of life. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 32, it's very clear. We're going to study that passage a lot this year. Verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. There's no question, there's no argument. The way you live matters to God. The way you live matters to God. God calls for a certain kind of life, and it's not up to each of us to decide what that is. God's decided the kind of life that he's required. Philippians chapter 2, it says, you are to live clean and innocent lives. 1 John 1, 2, so we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in sin and not practicing the truth. 2 verse 3, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Chapter 3 verse 8, but when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil. Chapter 3, verse 10, so now we can tell who are children of God, who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Anybody who doesn't live righteously does not belong to God. When we think about all that the Bible has to say about Zoe, the God kind of life, And then facing the culture that we're facing today, what else could our 2024 theme be? What else could we talk about? Christian Ministries Church's vision for 2024 is Zoe, the God kind of life. The God kind of life. God, from Genesis chapter 2, the first time with first interaction with mankind, God created man and put us here. And God had a kind of life that he wanted his people to live. And he blesses those who live his kind of life. He blesses those. And clearly, we read about judgment, wrath, curses on those who don't. There are always consequences for not living the God kind of life. There's always consequences for that. This year, 2024 is going to be a powerful year for each of us as we learn, as we study, and as we focus on the God kind of life. God blesses obedience to his kind of life. God blesses those who live his kind of life. And we're going to be spending this year talking about the God kind of life. I expect blessings to just unleashed on this church and on individuals in this church because it's very clear according to God right and wrong are not left up to each to do what they want to do according to God there is an absolute right and a never changing style of life that God requires right and wrong it's not set by the culture right and wrong is set by the creator he sets right and wrong for us 
Friends do not set what is okay. The majority doesn't decide right and wrong. Your feelings, your desires don't decide what is right and wrong. God, the creator of the universe, the creator of each of us, sets the kind of life that we are to live. And it is the kind of life that produces peace and joy and blessings and safety for a whole society to coexist together. It's a kind of life that just works. It just works. It's going to be a huge year for our church. A huge year for our church. 200 years from now, if your bones or just fragments of your bones are found, regardless of what you have done with your body, the news will read, the remains of a man or the remains of a woman were found today. That's what's going to be found. Yet, we've got colleges advertising housing for 97 genders. With the biology that the college teaches, with the science that the college teaches, that there's really no intelligent discussion about this. I just got a blank stare. Male and female are the only two genders. And that's decided in the mother's womb and chromosomes are not changeable. Oh, Tim, what is happening right now? Help me get my mind around crazy. Just help me get my mind somehow around crazy. I'm glad you asked that because that's exactly what I intend on doing. We know that the devil has nothing new. The devil doesn't have anything new. So all you got to do is just go back and have a history lesson and see what he's done in the past. And you can know that's what he's doing now. We need a short world history lesson. You are in luck today because that's exactly what you're about to get. I've worked for a couple of months putting this together to help us leave here today. And we're going to leave here clearly understanding what is happening. You're going to leave here clearly understanding where we are. And you're going to leave here clearly knowing what we got to do. I hate somebody telling me a problem. Don't tell me a problem. Tell me the solution. Here's what we're going through. Now, here's what we do about it. Here's what we're going through. And that's why I don't watch the news. I don't just hear about all the problems. What are you going to do about that? Shut the news station down and go do something about the thing. See, I want to know what are we going to do about it. And that's exactly what I want to spend the next three hours doing. What is happening? Where are we right now? And what are we going to do about it? Let's have a little history lesson. God created the universe. God created mankind. He created us life here on earth. And we begin. The first family had kids. Those kids twisted off. Just FYI, kids leaving family values and twisting off is nothing new to your family. Been happening since Adam and Eve and their kids. People groups begin to grow and families begin to form. Tribes and cultures begin to form and they were godless. They were pagan existence. Life without God is a pagan Life. Now, I want to get familiar with that term because we're going to use that a lot in this next year. A pagan life is a life directed by desires 
and instincts from your inside. There is no inner constraint. I'm mad. I can feel my fist clenching up and I'm going to punch this guy. Except something on the inside of me says that's probably not the headlines that you want about the local pastor. See, there's something on the inside of you. See, there are, well, Tim, I just am born this way. I I don't doubt you're born this way. I'm born right now to slap you. I get being born this way, but there's an inner constraint on the inside of me that says, no, no, that's not what you want to do. That's not what you want to do. See, it's instilled on the inside of us, this inner constraint. A pagan existence has no inner constraints. A pagan existence always does what it feels like doing, always does what it wants to do, always gratifies its sexual desires right then and right there. Here's what I'm going to do right now. A pagan existence has no God. Are you getting this? Does this make sense to you? The world got real bad real quick. It's amazing, Genesis 6, God's already had enough. Wow, that happened quick. God found him a man, told him to build a boat, know his family, didn't take 97 genders from each species. They took two, a male and a female, into this boat. After the flood, everybody walked off the boat, Noah's kids twisted off, left to do their own thing. It's what kids do. People groups begin to form. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites, the Hivites. These groups begin to form. They were pagans. They were total godless. There was no God consciousness in the back of their minds anywhere. And there were no inner constraints on the inside. They did at the moment what they felt like doing. And the perversions, the lifestyle of pagans is too horrific to adequately discuss. God found a man, Abram and his descendants. God started another people group. We came to refer to them as the Hebrews, Abraham's descendants. They came as the Hebrews. Then they became what we know as the Jewish nation. This was a very, very tiny, small minority in all of the earth that God could work through. And out of this tiny group, Abraham's descendants, out of this tiny group, it was a small remnant of people. Out of that group came God giving us the Ten Commandments. Here's the way you live. Here's the way you operate. Out of that group came 613 laws that explain, don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't eat this, you don't sleep with this one. See, it came, here's how you live. Out of that small group came prophets that were spokespeople for God that would instill God. God said, God said, God warmed. Now, out of this small group that we get this from, tyrants formed armies and armies and grew, and they began to take over tribes and expand their strength. And we created the first world empire was the Babylonian 
world empire. Many of you studied history. A few of you read the Bible. The Babylonian empire. The second world empire was the Assyrian world empire. The third world empire was the Persian world empire. And the last, what we refer to as a world empire, the last world empire was the Roman world empire. These were totally pagan empires. They were pagan in their lifestyle. Now, what is pagan? No inner constraint. I felt it, so I did it. I wanted to, so I did it. It was flesh-led decisions. The wealth of the Roman Empire is still discussed today. It sure is surprising that as historians discuss the wealth of the Roman Empire, that they never talk about the life of the people that lived in the Roman Empire. Anybody want to know about the life? In the, okay, I get this is the wealthiest empire in the world. I want to know about the common guy. The guy that just gets up and goes to work every day. Tell me about life in the Roman Empire. Well, 75% of the people were slaves. They were owned by 25% of the people. A few rich elite who owned them. The pagan life is completely animalistic in its behavior. It's totally instinct and desire driven. And for us today, we have an incapability to comprehend this life. I worked for weeks on my message today, weeks, trying to develop a way to communicate what you cannot understand and can't grasp. Because the historic wealth of the Roman Empire overcomes its beyond comprehension vulgarities. You you just can't wrap your mind around a total godless society. Pedophilia was the lifestyle. They would use and abuse children for their own pleasure and throw them off of a cliff when they were done. We don't know, no, nobody did that. See, we're so infused with a no, no one did that. The Colosseum of Rome is a, is a marvel engineering construction feat. And it's still talked about today. We still study the remains of the Roman Colosseum and the awesomeness of that engineering feat. Has anybody ever asked, what'd they do in that Colosseum? I never heard any of my history teachers talk about what they do. They play football. They play baseball. What, what did they entertain themselves in? The, did they have referees that would throw a flag? If you hit somebody too hard, we're going to punish you. What did they do? Anybody know what they did? Well, it wasn't football. It wasn't referees throwing a flag. It was gladiators that fought by dismembering opponents to the death. And we cheered while we killed people. No more restraint on any behavior. That was on Tuesday night. Now, on Thursday night, the games were to let children release them and let them run across the field and then turn a line out and see how fast he could go and mow it down and eat the child as we cheered. That, that, that's what happened in the Roman Colosseum. The sexual acts are more barbaric than I can discuss here today. 
self-interest, self-desires, a total control of no morals, no conscience, no godliness. In Rome, women and children were property and owned by men, and they were only for men's pleasure, used, abused, eaten, and destroyed. The stadium lights, oh, the Roman Colosseum, how'd they like that thing? I wish I would have been in college and raised my hand and asked that. How'd they like that thing? They didn't have electricity back then. Oh, you want to know? They had poles all around it. They would strap human beings to the poles. They would tar them and light them. And the bodies were the fuel for the fire that put lights in the Colosseum for our games. There's no way for us to grasp a pagan life. God said, enough of this. I'm going to send my son, the Messiah, the Savior, into the Roman Empire. That's where Jesus was born. God, through Jesus, brings Christianity into the world. And the spread and the infusion of Christianity, the spread of the God kind of life, is miraculous. It's a, the power of God through Jesus was loosed on the earth because in only 300 years, that's not very long, in 300 years, 312, Constantine declared Christianity the state religion. That's wow. That's wow. And from there we see over the years in the midst of sin and corruption, we see the Protestant Reformation changing the world. We see the Puritans produce a surge of Christian morality that begin to influence and change the world. Out of ancient Judaism, a very small, tiny percentage of the people instilled a Christian worldview that changed the whole world. It's only from the teachings of the Old and the New Testament. Absolutely nowhere else. It's only the teaching of the Old and the New Testament. There comes a sense of accountability to God that one day you will stand before God and give an account of what you did. That only comes from a biblical concept one day you're going to stand before God. Ooh, before I do this, I need to think, I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. That infused a civilization. The God kind of life shaped Western civilization. The God kind of life shapes laws of this nation. This nation, America, became one nation in all of the world that was going to operate under God. One nation under God. And this was going to be one nation in all the world that as a nation, our trust was going to be in Him. And we printed that on everything. On every piece of currency. We printed that on every... We've got Moses engraved in concrete holding the Ten Commandments in every court across America for 200 years before anybody took the witness stand, before anybody was sworn in for office, they put their hand on the Bible, they raised their other hand, and what did they say? So help me God. Help God, so help me God govern 
over these people. So help me God give a correct testimony. This is how our nation was operated and run. Churches were built all across this nation. In every town, multiple churches. From standing at one, you could see another. Now, there were different denominations because people liked chocolate and vanilla ice cream. But they were all infusing the culture with don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, stay married. See, they were all infusing a culture with a God kind of life. In stone, engraved, poured in concrete are the Ten Commandments all across our nation. Now, true, some were Christians. Many were not Christians, but this was a nation that operated on a Christian worldview that we all understood. You don't do this, and you don't do this, and you don't do this. When we start talking about a pagan lifestyle, we recall in total disbelief. There's no way anybody could do that. There's no way anyone would treat a woman no way anyone would treat a child. Nobody, they, they, no way, Tim, no way. Nobody, nobody's going to eat their own children. See, the Western mind can't grasp a pagan lifestyle because we're so infused with Christianity. Uncontrolled lust, desires, and greed. We don't understand completely when Jude wrote, Jude chapter 1, verse 10, like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. That was written, infused in a pagan Roman society. Biblical Christianity, the God kind of life, changed the whole world. Because Jude 1.15 says, the Lord's coming to execute judgment on the people of this world, and he will convict every person of all ungodly things they have done. Wow. All ungodly things that you've done, you're going to stand before God for it. Christianity instilled, infused in the minds of human beings, before you totally give in to your lust and your desires right now, there's a God who executes judgment and you'll stand before him. See, when I say pagan culture, use children and women for pleasure and throw them off of a cliff when they're finished, you don't believe it. You don't believe that. You kind of sit there and let that go in one ear and out the other because you don't believe what I'm telling you, which I understand because the Western culture did not believe. There's no way that Germany was loading human beings in boxcars and putting them in a gas chamber. We heard about that, but there's no way anybody would do that. Nobody could look at a little child, big eyes, tears run down the corner, and shove them in a gas chamber. Not 11 million of them. 11 million people that were put in gas chambers and a group of people stood there and turned the gas on. And then when it was done, they took bulldozers and by the tens of thousands took those, those bodies and shoved them in mass graves by the... No, 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 no. Until our soldiers started sending back pictures that couldn't be denied. We then understood what pagan lifestyle is capable of. 
what truly people with no God conscience. Why? Why were the pagans attacking the Jews? Why? Because they were the source of a God kind of life in society. I don't want a God kind of life. I want to live a pagan kind of life. I want to live whatever my desires are. So we're going to have to kill all of those people that are, are you getting this? It's no wonder. It's no wonder whenever we got us a little scare that we let the bars stay open, that we let Walmart stay open, but boy, we shut the churches down. We got to stop them. Why? Because we don't want them infusing a God kind of life in society. Here's us a way that we can stop in silence. It's the same thing that we see in history, a silence of the God kind of life. And let's just load 11 million people up and shove them in gas chambers. No. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's true. The pagan life is uncomprehendable. We can't fathom it. We can't discuss it. We can't really wrap our minds around it. Does it sound familiar? 97 genders? What? 97 genders? What, we're going to put a litter box in school bathrooms for kids? What? I can't, I can't intelligently discuss that. I understand that. Because we couldn't intelligently discuss what was happening when pagans are silencing the Jewish culture. See, Christianity taught, I don't care how you feel. I don't care what was done to you as a child. I don't really care what happened to you growing up. You love your wife like Christ loved the church. See, till death do you part. Children are a gift from God. Children, you didn't pick the sperm, you didn't pick the egg, God picked that sperm and that egg and put it in your womb and wove them into a plan and a purpose for his calling on their life. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Fathers, you provide for your own family and if you don't, you're worse than an infidel. You provide for your own family. Don't you lie, don't you cheat, and don't you steal. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what happened to you when you were nine years old. You still don't go around stealing. You don't go around lying. See, these values were instilled into a pagan culture. Jesus brought the God kind of life into a pagan world. We here today take these ideas for granted. Oh, everybody knows pedophilia is wrong. Everybody knows men don't own women for their own pleasure. Everybody knows you don't eat your children. No, everybody doesn't know that. Everybody doesn't know that until Christian ideas are infused until Christianity changed the world. No, everybody doesn't know that. Some think that it's okay because I don't like you. I don't like what you stand for. I'm just going to load you up and run you into a gas chamber. And that's perfectly okay. See, some people don't know that. I want to take a minute and explain the why for our vision and where we are today. What happened? What happened? What, how, what, what, what happened? In the 1950s and the 1960s, pagan thinking college professors in a very few extreme liberal colleges in California and in our Northeast began teaching ideas that were against biblical government thought. They've never worked. They've never produced in society. They begin to teach anti-capitalism 
and begin to teach socialism, which is totally opposite from the form of government the Bible teaches. They begin to teach free sex, free sex with the same sex, free sex with animals, free sex with little children. They begin no rules, no restraints. There is no right and there is no wrong. There is nothing that's absolute. See, these are total opposite of a God kind of life standard. And these ideas have never worked in any culture. They've always led to destruction. And in the 1950s and 60s, when these professors were teaching this, you could go back and look in history. This has already been tried countless times, and it's never worked. Write this down. The only place liberal pagan ideas flourish is in a college classroom. That's the only place they work. Boy, they sound great. They thrive, they get momentum, and everybody's excited. But out here where we pay our bills, it doesn't work. In the real world, it's never produced a strong society. It never has. Well, the 1960s and 70s, pagans completely took over education across the nation. And right now, 98% of all college professors polled extreme left liberal pagan agenda. 98% of all college professors are against hardworking, bill-paying, faith-based, patriotic families. They're against that. They teach we all evolved, time plus chance. We are evolved animals. We all came from monkeys and we're all related to animals and are moving us to an animal existence. Now, to make man evolve from an animal means he can never be held accountable for right and wrong. So how does this play out? Well, here's how it's played out. When a person commits a crime, it's society's fault. And we hear this widespread. Where did society fail this person? Where has society let this person down? Every crime, we're going to blame the gun. Every crime, we're going to blame racial persecution. Every crime, we're going to blame the society. We never put the blame on the one that did it. Go catch them and punish the one guy that did that. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Swiftly publicly so that others may see you punish him so that they may be deterred from the actions that are in their heart. Has anybody read that? It's a biblical concept. It's not society's fault. We're not going to take a gun away from every human being in the world. We're not going to, somebody ran their car into a group of kids and killed a bunch of them. Well, let's take every car away from every, no, no, no. We're not going to take every car away. We're going to get the one guy that did that and we're going to swiftly and publicly punish him so that all others may fear. That's what the Bible says. But whenever we are an animal, then we can't be held accountable for our own actions, so it's society's fault. Those thoughts taught by pagans have now used the issue of slavery to totally destroy Christian America, the atrocities of America. America, a horrible nation. 
all to discredit a Christian nation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It, could there be any discussion about the facts that slavery is worldwide and has always been all over the world and it is the teaching of Christianity that makes it wrong? Fact is, pagan society, slavery is a way of life. The fact is, it's the Bible in Deuteronomy 24, verse 7, that says, if you kidnap somebody and you sell them to another, you'll be put to death. The Bible teaches that. Slavery is rampant worldwide that doesn't teach the Bible in a country. With a Christian Bible-based America, America was responsible for ending the horrible atrocities of slavery. It was horrible. In fact is, there's no other nation in the world that fought itself where you had tens of thousands of white people dying and killing one another to free black people to stop the evil slave trading that was going on. The fact is, America freed slaves. Why don't we teach that? It's not taught. It's not recognized that Christianity frees slaves. All of this is trying to destroy the God kind of life, and to do so, you have to lie to people because Jesus came to set the captives free. In Christ, there is no racial distinction whatsoever and whites hugging blacks and having them in our homes and we're best friends because in Christianity, there is no racial distinction and that's what this church teaches. Pagan life is where slavery comes from. And to remove the God kind of life, we're going to open the floodgates of slavery to come right back in. America is the greatest nation in the history of the world because more people have been set free here than in any other nation. Here we are today. We have a small group of pagans. Nowhere close to the majority of Americans. And I want to list them for you. Since I'm not in hot water deep enough, let me continue. Call them out. College professors, the media in journalism, a few star athletes, and gay pagan CEOs that have become billionaires that own political leaders. That's where this comes from. This small group think very different than the population of America. And they're on a mission to promote pagan morality and a pagan worldview. They're on a mission to institute paganism in our world and infuse the thinking of good Christian people with a pagan lifestyle that that's okay and to be accepted. Now, I'm explaining to you the why of our 2024 theme, The God Kind of Life. I'm explaining to you our mandate from God as a church. Today, good Christian people are buying into unknowingly a pagan lifestyle that for 6,000 years of world history kills, steals, and destroys lives, families, and nations. And it is standing time for the church. We are not mean, bigots, we're not intolerant, we're not haters, and we're not non-understanding. 
And when somebody tells you that this pastor is mean and intolerant, you correct them as quickly as possible. First of all, I would not be here week in and week out if I did not love people and want to help people have a blessed, great life. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not the mean one here. I'm not the one that's intolerant here. Which is meaner? To tell you the way you're living is going to destroy you or to pat you on the back and say, oh, you're good, God gets you and watch you be destroyed. Who is the mean one here? Don't accuse this church of being bigots and intolerant and non-understanding. We're fighting a pagan agenda that's destroying lives and people. Somebody's gotta stand up and somebody's gotta call out what's happening. So since I'm already neck deep, let's just go on all the way. Let me continue to call them out and identify them. The Hallmark TV channel. It's watched by traditional Christian women. Well, maybe not all women are Christian, but they are heavily influenced by Christian worldview. That's the viewers of the Hallmark channel. None of the Hallmark viewers are asking for more gay and lesbians to be on the channel. None are asking for you to bring gays and lesbians kissing and getting married into my living room. None of them. None of the viewers of Hallmark are demanding that they show this. So, clearly, this is not a business decision based on serving a customer base. The pagan writers decided it was their job to educate their audiences of godly worldview Christian women into their outdated, archaic lifestyle of marriage and put gay couples as happy and normal into their homes every single day for them to get accustomed to it and it be okay with them. And Chuck Warnock, in his book, Modern Paganism, calls them pagan evangelists. Disney, it's a family entertainment company who for years has entertained families and we raised our children on Disney movies. Disney customers are not marching and rallying for transgender lifestyles to be pushed in these Disney children movies. This isn't a business decision to better serve the desires of the customers of Disney. A few CEOs that have now taken over at the top of Disney have decided it's their mission to reshape every child in America's thinking about the God kind of life and pagan evangelize them. Historically, those who have embraced pagan sexual morality, they always demand that others accept it and participate with them. Sound familiar? Romans chapter one, not only do they do disgusting acts, they demand that you do it with them. They demand that you accept them. And daily we see this. Good, decent, hardworking people are attacked and forced to accept the pagan lifestyle. There are plenty of florists that will, are willing to serve you, but the pagan will sue the one florist that refuses to do a gay wedding. Church, that's a clear agenda. 
The gay couple could just go to another florist and get it, except they want to force this world to participate with them. There are plenty of bakeries that are more than willing to bake you a cake. It's a clear agenda. They don't just go down the street and get enough. People tell me all the time, Tim, we can't order that part. I just go down the street and order it from somewhere else. No, we're not going to bake a cake for that wedding. Go down the street and get nothing. But no, this is a clear agenda. We're going to sue those hardworking people and force paganism on a society. Starbucks, look, I just want to drive through and get me a skinny mocha. That's all I want. They don't have tens of thousands of coffee customers demanding that they hang a rainbow flag up in Starbucks. That this is not a decision to serve coffee customers. This is some CEOs at the top that are pagan evangelists that have taken it upon themselves to evangelize this nation. Target is a family store, always has been. Families, good, hardworking families shop at Target. The customer base is not demanding a transgender section in Target. No cust- There's not any customers demanding that section. It's a few CEOs at the top, rich elites that have locked arms with a pagan worldview to force this on America. This is not new. Pagan evangelism is always at work. It's always against the God kind of life. I'm reminded of a time in the Babylonian world empire. Four Jewish boys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were told by the social elites, you're going to bow down to this pagan idol. Church today, we're right here, and it's standing time for us. It's standing time, and we're going to call out what's wrong, and we're going to teach what is right. No, 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 no. Not here in my children. Whoop, we're not doing that in this school. We're not teaching that in this school. Wait. Wait, not, not here in our community. That's not going to happen here. You're not teaching that here. Not here on this stage, not in this church. See, the pagan evangelist has got to be stopped. And the history of the world shows it's Christianity that stops a pagan lifestyle. As Christians, we're not bowing down. Please, please, please. I am not mean. I'm not intolerant. I'm not a bigot. I'm not insensitive. Clearly, we love people here. Clearly, we love people and have given our lives to help people. Stop accusing me of making, stop making me feel like I mean I'm intolerant. Stop it. Stop it. I've never sued anybody because you didn't pray. I didn't sue anybody because you didn't pray, but you're going to sue the whole school district because everybody prayed and it offended you. Whoa, 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 hold on. I'm not the mean one here. I don't know if anybody is wake, waking up and realizing this, but all of a sudden, I've come alive. I've come alive. I'm not mean. I'm trying to help free people from a lifestyle that will destroy them. I love people. I'm not mean. This church is not mean. Don't let people say, well, I'm leaving that church. There's a bunch of bigots down there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you can say that somewhere else, but not here. Not here. This church loves people. Now, you leave here and you go to another church that you say is loving. You got a question of love that would let somebody go to hell. You got to question that kind of love. We love you enough to put our arm around you and say, hey, bud, that ain't what you want to do. 
No, come on back to church. Come on back in here and get it right. Stop telling me I'm mean and I'm insensitive. Do you have any idea the hurt and the pain that you have caused your mom and your dad and your family members by the choices that you're making? Don't tell me I'm mean and I'm insensitive. You're the insensitive one right here. Don't put that on me. This church loves people. This church loves people. This church loves people. This church staff is given of their life to help people. So don't go around here saying, that church down there is a bunch of bigots. No, we love people. This pagan lifestyle gets worse and worse, and it destroys. This isn't my idea. You can look at science, you can look at biology, and you can look at world history. Our future is always... Our future is always not in the pagans' hands. Our future lies in a church that teaches and promotes the God kind of life. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed. I can refer to you countless places in the Bible. God's people are always in a small minority. Don't be overwhelmed. Elijah by himself was on Mount Carmel. There was 400 prophets of Baal. Don't be overwhelmed. Second Kings, Elisha was trapped by the Armenians way out. Come on, just all throughout history, God's people are always outnumbered. Noah was outnumbered. Abraham was outnumbered. Jeremiah was outnumbered. Isaiah was outnumbered. God's people are always outnumbered. Moses was outnumbered. God's people are always outnumbered. And God uses his people to change an entire world. I want you to write this down. There are two reasons the God kind of life always wins. Reason number one is God's laws are deep inside the heart of mankind. And some have told me, even in this church, Tim, I've never heard anything like this before, but when you preach, something goes off inside me and says, that's right. That's, that's absolutely right. Some of you just wandered into this church for the first time and said, that's right. That's, see, there's something on the inside that when you hear God's plan for people, when you hear God's plan for life, there's something on the inside of you that says, that's right. That's exactly right. And reason number two, God's way always wins is it works. The pagan life doesn't work. It never has worked. You'll not find an exception to this. Every social study in society, in children, in education, in dropout rates, in prisons, in crime rates, in safety. Every social study will show you that an intact home with a mom and a dad raising children works for society. Every study, no comparison. Every study shows God's way works. This year is all about the fact that we're gonna assert without apology the God kind of life. We're gonna teach the God kind of life because we are the voice for the God kind of life in society. Here's the problem. Christians don't wanna offend anybody. We don't wanna hurt anybody. We are so loving and we're so kind. When you start attacking us with intolerant, insensitive, bigot, well, I, uh, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna stand up here and offend everybody. 
I don't want to stand up here and run everybody. I don't come out and be mean. And Okay, so I back off and I don't teach that and then I won't say that. And I see why pastors are backing off from teaching God's word. But you got to understand this is not my word. This is God's word. And I'm teaching the God kind of life. Wait a minute, hold on. It's the pagans in the media, in journalism, in education that have no reservation about humiliating me, offending me, embarrassing me, threatening me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. Hold on. It's not me that's intolerant. It's you. It's you. I am very tolerant of people. Don't assign these derogatory names to this church. We're not backing up just because you're trying to accuse us of stuff that really you're participating in. History's clear. Pagans' values destroy lives. History's clear with no exception. The values that we get from Christianity improve the quality of people's lives in every area. Marriage, sexuality, child care, aging, care for the aging, health care, personal responsibility, work ethic, women's rights. Christianity abolishes all racial discrimination. We are one in him. Across the board, the values of Christianity work because they are the God kind of life. Church, it's standing time for us this year. If you're told you're trying to force your Christian beliefs on them, you just say not even close to the way pagans are trying to force their beliefs on me. I've never sued anybody. I've never sued anybody for not praying. I've never sued anybody for not coming to church. I've never sued anybody for not participating in the lifestyle that I'm participating in. Men playing women's sports is absolutely asinine. And I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. A man identifying as a woman going into the boxing ring will crush a woman's skull because there's a structural difference in the man makeup and the female makeup. And somebody's going to have to stand up and say that. So it just will be me. Unapologetically, I'm going to say that's stupid. Faithfulness to marriage works. The children that they produce are better off. Free market versus a godless socialism economy works. It works all the time, every time. And at Christian Ministries Church, we're going to unapologetically tell this, say this, and teach this. We've been shoved, we've been pushed, and we've been intimidated these last few years by pagan evangelism, and that's as far as we're going to go. That's as far as we're going to go. We're not bowing down. The gay agenda does not bear fruit. It can't bear fruit. It does not produce a life. So I'm not going to pat you on the back and say that's okay because it's not. The dismembering of a body does not change the gender. Chromosomes cannot be changed. We're created by God on purpose, for a purpose. And I'm not saying, oh, that's okay. Oh, that's sweet. It's not. Pornography, alcohol, drugs destroys lives. It destroys families. No home, no marriage, no children are better off because the mom and dad are on drugs. They're not, and we're going to say that. America is one nation in all of the world that is under God, and we're going to stand to see that take place. 
we're going to stand to make sure that that is our America. There's plenty of pagan nations you can just move to and go live in if you want a pagan existence. Here in America, that's not what we want. I love a Christian existence. Three weeks ago, I had a meeting and I couldn't be there. We had a man come into our house to work on our fireplace. My wife was at home and was going to meet him. Clearly, he's bigger, stronger, and more powerful than she. I thank God I lived in a Christian nation. He came in, and with all of the morality that God teaches, he fixed our fireplace, appreciated my wife, thanked her for our business, and walked out conducting himself like a moral, godly man, not like a pagan that these evangelists are trying to make out of our nation. That's not where we want to go. And Disney needs to rethink this. Hallmark needs to rethink this. We're going to stand up and say, we don't want the God kind of life removed from our society. That's not where we want to live. We're evangelists and we're commissioned to teach, to obey all that he commanded us. Our vision for 2024 is to instill in every heart the God kind of life. It's the way to peace. It's the way to joy. It's the way to safety. It's the way to fulfillment. As we pursue living our lives, we're going to learn this year to think like God, to act like God, to talk like God. A new joy for living is about to come in us and a prosperity like we've never known. 2024, here we come. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today, we're grateful that you didn't just create us and kick us out here to live however we want to live according to our lust, desires, and flesh. But Lord, that you've given us direction and you've laid out a kind of life that brings blessings, prosperity, and fulfillment. Lord, we honor you today, and it's with great excitement we look forward to 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.